Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, November 4th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we will be joined by a surprise special guest uh, during the show as well. We're ready to break down the Friday NHL card, which just has two games. One of them is just about to drop the puck over in Finland. Uh, it is the Columbus Blue Jackets and the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Again, we've posted some of our opinions on this game on uh, the ice guys, Twitter at the underscore ice guys, a small over recommendation for me. I know Alex decided to pass on this game. I've also decided, you know, let's have some fun. It's an afternoon game on a Friday. Don't get these very often. I did post a bunch of uh, player props, a uh, goal scorer props on Twitter. As usual, we've got hopefully some bargain bin specials uh, that will come through for us in this game. Uh, we took all the Finnish players, uh, essentially. Rantanen, Lyonne, Alekanen. Uh, you're not getting the best prices with them, plus 130, plus 190, plus 200 uh, to score a goal. Uh, but I thought they were worth a look here uh, in this game from a goal score prop standpoint. The others I bet were uh, Evan Rodriguez, who's on the top line. You know I love those situations, player moving up the lineup. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, a good price, uh, plus 280. Uh, Roslovic for Columbus, plus 340. Alex Newhook who finally got on the scoreboard last game, plus 380. Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger in the plus 450, plus 475 range for the Jackets. And two late ads I had were JT Comfer, coming straight out of Comfer, plus 300, and Martin Kaut, plus 590. I found a plus 590 on Martin Kaut. They're playing on the second line today with the absence of Big Val Nachushkin. Uh, so I thought that was great. And I wanted to bet Nick Blankenberg, to score a goal, the defenseman for Columbus, he was plus 2,500, probably because nobody expected him to play. And all of a sudden, not only is he playing at the last second for the Jackets in this game, he's on the top pairing with Wierenski. And I said, damn it, I missed it. I missed it. They had taken it off the board by the time I had seen that he was on the top pair today for Columbus. So watch him score. Watch him score now. You know how that uh, often works. Uh, Alex, good to have you with us again today. Yeah, you know, we had a, a huge slate of action last night. And then, of course, the short, what seems to be very short slate because you've got a game going in progress now, only only one night game tonight. And it's just kind of weird. We were talking off air about how, you know, the NHL and this whole TV situation, they just can't get out of their own way with it. You know, tonight's game, Buffalo and Carolina is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you subscribe to ESPN+, Plus, you're fine. If you don't, you're not going to get to see any hockey today. It's like, why would the NHL Network pick up this game? Why wouldn't? Uh, I know ESPN2 has some college football commitments, but it's just, you know, the, the growth of the game that they talk about, right? That's the whole thing of this global series, to grow the game. But do, how much growth does the game need in Finland? All right? Like you said, there's three players. One, Patrick Lyon is basically returning to the rink he grew up playing in. Uh, you know, same thing in the Czech Republic. Plenty of players on the Czech Republic. The, the game's just doing fine and well there. How about trying to grow the game here in the U.S. and North America a little bit better? And, and, and actually having, you know, uh, where the game is a bit more accessible. Having a game at noon means nothing to the people here in North America. Most of us are at work watching it or, or you know, working. Uh, and in the night game, you know, you have one spot on a Friday where there's not a whole lot of action. Uh, you know, you have an isolated spot. NHL Network's going to just show reruns of something else, you know, the top 20 countdowns or whatever they show whenever they don't, you know, aren't showing a game. So it's just one of those things that just really kind of bugs me a little bit. 
question about that. We were going to get into the Thursday night recap, but before we do that, it looks like we have our special surprise guest uh, ready to go. Uh, and uh, he is someone that uh, actually most of you are very familiar with. Uh, he is our very good friend joining us for the first time and will be hopefully joining us weekly moving forward on the Ice Guys show. We got our man Jimmy Puckline. He's back. He's in the house. Hey. Jimmy Murphy, welcome back. What's up, guys? How you doing? And happy up, birthday, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, feeling older, but yeah. Nice day here, though. Beautiful day here in Massachusetts, about 72 degrees and sunny. On my birthday, which uh, if you don't believe in climate change, there's your proof. Like, it's right. What the hell is going on? But I love it. I'll take this weather on my birthday. So uh, it's good to see you guys. It is. We're it's awesome to see you. Uh, we've missed you. I'm sure everybody else has missed you here uh, on the uh, show. But uh, we are hoping to have Jimmy with us uh, every week on the show, once a week moving forward. We're going to start with Fridays because Jimmy said that's best for uh, him. Now, keep in mind, too, you know, things could happen with the breaking news with the Bruins and something comes up with the beat. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, the day has to change or whatever. But uh, no question about it. Uh, we're going to try to get Jimmy. On. It looks like Jimmy just uh, <laughs> his first appearance here. We've got him on the show and it looks like uh, technical issues here. And the Avalanche just scored already. Like the Avalanche have scored game. already in the first two minutes. It was Logan O'Connor getting the uh, goal. So uh, an early uh, one nothing lead. And uh, there's that Civ defense of Columbus, again, which has just been dreadful this season. What they've been doing at the defensive end of the ice. Uh, no question about that. So there he is. There you, you didn't miss my Murphy's Law technology, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are you just in and out, in and out, mic issues, video issues, uh, connection issues? <laughs> it is what it is. But, no, Jimmy, it's good to see you again. Yeah. And certainly it's good to t finally be able to talk a little hockey with you. Like I said, yeah. we're going to try to get Jimmy on every Friday here on the show. Lots to talk about. So rather than t start about talking about last night, we haven't seen you. We haven't been able to talk to you yet this season. Just over the first month of the season, you know, players that stand out to you, Jimmy, teams that are standing out to you, certainly you have to start in your own backyard with the Boston Bruins. I mean, to see this team at 10 and one, there's no way in a million years I would have predicted this kind of start for the Bruins this season. No, I'm right with you. Look, I, I was not a, a fan of what I, you know, might go down this year with the Bruins. I didn't. I, you know, I've been kind of clamoring for a rebuild for a while now. I didn't like, let's bring the gang back together for one more. It's nothing against Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci. I just think that this team needs to start really thinking about the future because once those guys are gone for certain and for good, who the hell are their centers anymore? And who's going to be a number one center, your number two center? Uh, so I think these are questions that I don't think they've addressed and they needed to start doing that. And the only way to do that in today's NHL is to suck and build through the draft. So, uh, you know, sooner or later, you got to go through that as every team does. But look, uh, credit to them. I'm not surprised by what we're seeing from Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci. I just think that these guys are Hall of Famers and just uh, are so smart hockey-wise that that can make up for their age. Um, and, of course, you know, David Pasenak coming into a contract year, you know he was primed for a monster year, so that's not surprising. Um, but what does surprise me is just what's happened beyond them. Uh, and, and obviously missing McAvoy still and Marshan for a while there, it was still pretty amazing what that forward group and that defensive group were able to do. Um, I love the way that they've sort of seamlessly transitioned into Jim Montgomery's system, which I don't think is all that different from Bruce Cassidy, but there are some tweaks that are noticeable. And uh, it, a credit to them. They've exceeded expectations. They were trying to tell us that they were a cup contender, I didn't think so. I, I had them once again, like I did last year, kind of in that seventh 
to 10th slot in the conference, you know, maybe just make it or just don't make the playoffs. Uh, but they're well ahead of that right now. And look now, you know, it's only October or November now, but I mean, we've only been through one month. I get it. But, you know, if they keep this up for even a couple more weeks, they could go on a huge slide and, and still recover from that or still hang around and be in the mix come February or March. Uh, that's how well they position themselves right now. And it, it's a, it's a credit to the, the management, a credit to the coaching and a credit to the players. It is. And I, what I find shocking right now, a little bit too, about the Bruins is all the different players that are contributing. How many seasons have we gone by saying perfection line gets shut down? The offense gets shut down, yeah. but we're seeing great performances that Charlie Coyle has been great. Here yeah. In the first month of the season. That. Yeah, Taylor Hall has stepped up offensively for them. Uh, Nick Foligno, of all people, has found some offensive uh, fluidity uh, early on in the campaign. Uh, there's no question. And Brad Marchand, I, I, I marvel at this guy. I mean, coming off the injury, getting back to the ice a month ahead of schedule. People were predicting yeah. Thanksgiving yeah. for him to come back to the Boston Bruins. He's a month ahead of schedule, and he's playing immediately like he never left the ice. I mean, just right away contributing and being an impact yeah. player all over again. Did you guys read a story he did though? I mean, he kind of said some of this to us too here in Boston, but he did a good story with uh, Emily Kaplan where, you know, he's like American Thanksgiving was never when I was going to come back. Right. I, I knew all, yeah, he's like, I was coming back way earlier that. And he basically told the Bruins training staff and, and you know, management, uh, he said, look, I'm going to do what I have to do to get back like a month ahead of what you're telling the media and the, in the public. So you can either go in this with me and, and guide me so that I don't re-injure myself or hurt myself for the future. Uh, or, or, you know, you can go against me and I, I'm going to do it either way. So you might as well be on board with me. So it looks like that, you know, the plan all along was he would come back earlier, but that's him. That's Brad Marchand. As it said in that story, I mean, he's, he's constantly defied the odds and, uh, you look back to when he was a rookie, there was a story in there about what Chiarelli said to him after his uh, first 20 games in the uh, NHL after 2010 when the Bruins got a uh, bounce from the Flyers in that, you know, epic, uh, what, what was it, three games to none they were up? Yeah, against the Flyers yep. that year. And yep. so in the exit meetings, he uh, he said, yeah, you know, we think if you come back and you, you hustle and you bulk up and uh, you know, you might be able to chip in 10 goals here and there. You never know, but you're going to be a good fourth liner. And Marshan said, no, 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 no. I'm going to score 20 or more every year. So that's what he's done. I mean, he's just become one of the most consistent goal scorers in the NHL, and it's all because of his work ethic and his dedication. So uh, credit to him. Yeah, it was the work ethic. You're absolutely right. That's what's gotten him to this point where he's just worked at it and gotten better. You're right, people. When he first was with the Bruins, he'll be a nice depth player, third, fourth line, hit, in a way, be drop the gloves every now and then. That's people people just pigeonhole him for that kind of role, not this kind of dominant offensive player that he's turned yeah. into and consistently year in and year out. Uh, but it's been just incredible to see. And he, like I said constantly to other Leaf fans that, uh, hey, you love Brad Marchand on your team. I know oh, you yeah. despise the guy yeah. uh, because he plays for the Bruins, and the Bruins have given you a lot of misery over the years. But you love him in blue and white. Yeah. I bet yeah. they'd like him more than Mitch Marner. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, the, of, course, so. of course, the biggest thing, too, Jim Montgomery. I mean, he's got to be, yeah. a, you know, right there for the Jack Adams Award at this point, just with this, this great starter. They keep floating along this way. Uh, just his own personal story is incredible, but to, to lead this team and everybody's kind of wondering, you know, how he would fit in, you know, Bruce Cassidy did such a great job there, but you know, yeah. he, he's, he's really, and he's turned around. I talked about it yesterday on the show, how 
you know, we kind of always have a built-in, almost for lack of a better term, stereotype of how the Western Conference teams are always the fast offensive teams and the Eastern Conference is more, you know, defensive, more physical. But it seems like Jim Montgomery has taken those years from Dallas and even Dallas wasn't that really fast offensively, but uh, in St. Louis. They were faster with him, though, before Bonus got there. They were, they were right. Yeah, and yeah. so he's taking that that speed and that kind of Western style, if you will, with Boston. And that gets, I think it's catching some of those teams in the East off guard. They're so used to playing Boston and saying it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, a game between, you know, between the lines, everything in the neutral zone, lots of heavy hitting and, and physical body work. And there's still some of that. But, you know, the offensive skill and, and the passing's much cleaner. Those traits, I think Montgomery has really, uh, you know, built in with that club. Yeah, you know, look, guys, one thing, and this is not to take away from Jim Montgomery. I think he's doing a great job, so don't get me wrong there. But one thing I, I'm going to be kind of interested in is, and, you know, you hope it doesn't happen for the Bruins, uh, but if, if Patrice Bergeron goes down with an injury and he's out long term, I'm not so much interested. Well, that's a huge loss, obviously, in itself. But how much of a loss of it, of it is from Montgomery? Because, you know, from by all accounts, covering this team so far and the way Montgomery just, you know, constantly praises the leadership core in there and Bergeron and how blessed he is to coach this group. And basically, I mean, what he said to me, even just not in a media scrum, just kind of talking and shooting the breeze, it's like, you know, he's like, he's another coach. I mean, he's our Reg Dunlop. You know, that's what that's what he is out there. Uh, he's not going and telling them to goon it up or anything, but, uh, you know, he, he's a Reg Dunlop out there. He's a player coach right now for Jim Montgomery. And what happens when that's not there anymore? And that's that's when I really want to see how much of an effect he's having on a team. Again, I'm not taking away what he's doing right now, but that is a huge thing to have when you consider it for any coach. I, and I'm not saying Montgomery's wrong to lean on him. Any coach would be an idiot not to if they were coming into this job. Yeah. That's the first thing you want to do is you want to make this guy your ally – you want to pick his brain every damn day on the bench, in the locker room, wherever. You want to be calling him at night. Hey, hey sorry to bother you at dinner, Patrice, but uh, I was really wondering if you could help me out. with. Like, he's going to be doing stuff like that all the time, and God bless him for doing it. And it's a great, you know, outlet to have for him as a new coach there. Not many coaches can go into that type of situation. Yep. So I, I just think Bergeron deserves a lot of credit right now for where the Bruins are as well. Exactly. The coming back and then, you know, helping out Jim, as you said, you know, giving him some, hey, because look, this is a kind of a guy that's he's not too familiar with the player, the, the system and the personnel. And, you know, he's been away from that. Let's be honest. Jim Montgomery's had his own personal shit to deal with. You know, he is battling alcoholism there yeah. uh, with the Dallas Stars. He had to overcome that and face, you know, and get himself back on track following that uh uh, situation so he's coming into a brand yeah he's coming into a brand new situation and if he wants to lean on players that have been there forever like a Patrice Bergeron and someone that I think might get into coaching when he's done playing hockey it looked maybe uh, Patrice yeah. we'll wait and see but yeah, why wouldn't he it, it makes all the sense in the world to do that and I'll, I'll tell you too a crazy small world story the hockey world so small uh, my second cousin is uh, I don't know if you guys remember Greg Cronin used to be assistant with the Islanders and the Leafs yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's the yep. head coach of the Colorado Eagles now, the Avalanche's AHL affiliate. Um, and, you know, he coached Northeastern as well. So he – I grew up in the house – his house was behind mine growing up. So Greg Cronin and my other cousin, Donnie, his older brother, basically raised me like older brothers to me. Um, and, you know, they've always helped me. Actually, Greg got me into the hockey world. He got me an intern gig with the Islanders out of college. 
that basically got me into hockey media. I moved down to Long Island and worked a season there. It was actually Char was there then. Um, but anyhow, circling back to Montgomery here. So I get a call from Greg um, when they hired him. And, you know, he goes, I, I, I'm so happy for Jimmy. And I go, oh, you know, he goes, do I know him? I'm his sponsor. So wow. he, he's Jimmy Montgomery's sponsor. And he said – that, you know, he's, he's got a couple other people he sponsors. Greg's been sober for about 24 years now. And he said that uh, out of all the people he's ever worked with and tried to help, that Jimmy has been the most receptive and the most sincere. He's helped people in similar situations, not necessarily just in hockey, but in the business world where, right. you know, people are getting second chances in a, in a, in a corporation or a job. Right. Um, and he could, t you can, you know, Greg can smell the bullshit, so to speak. And he knows when somebody's doing it just to get the job or just to get back into the business. Right. And he's like, that's not the case for Jimmy. And he, and he said, and he said, look, I'm telling you, I'm going to call you out and I'm going to haunt you. If you stop what you're doing, if you, when you get hired here and you start the career and he said, no, he said, this guy is just dedicated. And he, he gave him a lot of credit for the way he's turned his life around. Well, that's wow, incredible. I didn't know there was that connection with Greg. Yeah. And I didn't even know Greg, you know, was helping people battle alcoholism, honestly. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. And it's someone, obviously, Greg, that battled it himself, you know, a very long time ago. Yeah. As you mentioned, what, 24 years now sober yeah. for him? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's amazing. So, you know, credit to him. And I, I, I really, I like him. He doesn't give the best quotes like uh, Cassidy did, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. He's starting right. to open up a little more with us, so. How about the fact that the top, the teams with the top, the two teams with the best records in the NHL are the current Bruins head coach and the former Bruins head coach? Yeah, what would the odds have been then? I mean, yeah. if you that at the beginning of the season, I don't know what they would have been, but that would have been great. <laughs> I am shocked by the Bruins. I'm mildly surprised by Vegas's start, but I'm not shocked by Vegas's start because wow. I know they've got themselves a real head coach there. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, man. I mean, you we talked about this ad nauseum last year, guys. Look at the injuries they faced last year. I mean, you no. can't look at them and say, look, on paper, this team still isn't a cup contender. I mean, look at the skill they still have. I get the goalie situation going in and had to raise a lot of question marks, and it did with me. I was like, well, now I'm not so high on Vegas when Leonard went down, but I mean, Logan Thompson's been he's, great. He's like, the real deal. You said, though, Ian, look at the way Cassidy's system has helped alleviate uh, the absence of Leonard and, you know, helped the goalie kind of get to where he is now. So, yeah, great situation. It would be a hell of a story if they ever meet in the cup final. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it would. Uh, no question about it. That would be uh, fascinating here. So it looks like we got ourselves a little nastiness developing in the uh, Jackets and Avs game, which is good. Uh, you like to see that little spirit uh, in this uh, early afternoon affair. Well, that's something they don't get over there in Finland to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you guys like in this, by the way, in this game? I, I took like over that. six and a half and a bunch of player prop goal score props. Yeah. I didn't have much of a feel on it, man. These European games, I just can't get a grasp on, you know, yeah. you don't know what yeah. team's affected by the time difference. Who's living it up over there going out. Right. I mean, I know I went to Prague when the Bruins went there the year they won the cup. And uh, I can just say that uh, if you go back and look it up, the Bruins played two games against what was then Phoenix and Arizona. And uh, they were heavy favorites coming into that first game. And they got smoked, I think, something like six to two, right? Mm -hmm. Two was in. And then, they, then they put Tim Thomas in for the second game. He won. He was superb. And now I think he got a four-nothing shutout or something. And that was all she wrote. I mean, he went on that amazing tear that year. But going back to that first game, I wasn't too surprised because 
I just happened to be out pretty late in Prague uh, the night before that <laughs> game, and it was a matinee there. And uh, yeah, let's just say I saw a couple of the guys out there at the same place, and I was like, well, yeah, this explains yeah. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, in you're in Europe, you're in Finland now, you haven't sure. you know, you've yeah. never been there. So yeah. I don't or, or, or guys returning home, you know, that, that's always an angle too. Home, I, I, yeah. You don't know how many distractions there are. Yeah. So it's just a hard game to get a grasp on. Yeah. And from a Columbus standpoint, the team's struggling mightily. Maybe the best thing for them is getting over to Finland, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. getting away. But although it hasn't started that way uh, for them today, they're already so down. They had a big uh, dinner at the Yamo Kikilani and uh, family household there, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yarmo going home. That's right. The GM of the uh, Blue Jackets, no doubt. Good good call there with that. Absolutely. I'm sure he would have hosted the the whole team, players, coaches, right. for a big, uh, big dinner, uh, I'm sure, uh, while they're over there. No question uh, about that. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about some last night, but we'll also intertwine some storylines that are going on. I got to bring up Eric Carlson simply because – I cashed plus 475 with him to score a goal. I couldn't believe there's been no adjustment in his prices to score goals right now. Unreal. Not seeing that he scored six goals in three games combined heading into last night. He scores again uh, in the uh, game against the Florida Panthers. Eric Carlson now has 10 goals. And I think uh, your colleague, San Jose Hockey Now, Mr. Shangping, mentioned that. It's the mm. first time, I think, since uh, post-World War II NHL that someone started the season defenseman. 10 goals in like 13 games or something uh, to begin the season. That's, that's absolutely incredible. insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's nuts, but he's healthy. You see it on the ice. He's skating like the wind again. He's healthy. He's got, he's being aggressive offensively and they're feeding him the puck all the time, whether it's five on five or on the power play. You know this, Jimmy, when people set up on the power play teams, they're trying to feed the puck down low, get the forwards involved, shoot from the dots, shoot from the faceoff circles. San Jose's power play, Jimmy, they're feeding it back to the point and said, Eric Carlson, shoot away, rip away. Yeah. And, and that's, he's been become the focal point of their power play. Well, you know, one thing too, and I, I, I don't know if it was Shang that wrote it or somebody else said it, and it was a good question, and it's it's not a knock on on Brent Burns at all, but how much is this because Brent Burns is gone and, and more of the looks he's getting now uh, out point, there yeah. with him not on the ice at the same time sometimes. And, uh, you know, it, it, two very big personalities. I, and again, I'm not knocking Brent Burns. You know, I think he's one of the greatest defensemen of the last 10 years, but uh, it's just maybe they the two of them were better off not together on the same team, you know, so – We'll see, but yeah, credit to him. And you know, guys, I I really I watched. I've been watching. I don't know why. Maybe it's because uh, I I think I've told you too. I went to high school with Mike Greer, the GM of San Jose, so he's an old friend, and he's a GM now. So I've been watching them a little more. Just got a personal interest in it. They're a fun team to watch, man. Uh, and I've I've hit some fun props on them. I mean, they they can score. Uh, they give up, but they can score as well. And I I don't mind watching their games. Yeah, and you make a great point, too, with Burns. I mean, look at how he's doing in Carolina. He's kind of yeah. re-energized himself with that younger core right. uh, in Carolina. And, and, you know, it's the old basketball adage. There's only one ball. Well, there's only one puck, you know. And so when right. you have two defensemen who are kind of offensive-minded in, in that in that aspect, yeah, it, it may not be, you know, enough space for, for two of them on the same squad. So Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. We're talking a defenseman here with 10 goals in 13 games. To begin the season, I mean, you I look find at the fascinating that was that long, you know, between between that happening that that there were no defense, all the great defensemen in the eighties, and, right, yeah. and even some of the, the scores in the nineties that you know, you know, that's interesting. Like Paul Coffey never did that. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
I mean, defenseman Darlene and Buffalo is the defenseman second in goals after Carlson with six. Don't sleep on the Swede in Boston either. No, yeah, Hampus Lindholm. Ride that point or more game a game if you can still get it at a good value, guys. I mean, he's he's ripping it up right now. Not only that, he's jumping into the play as well. Oh yeah, that overtime uh, win against Pittsburgh, right? As well, yeah, absolutely. He's been jumping into the play. Uh, he's been, you know, shooting the puck a lot. I mean, you look at his shots on goal numbers, they're not bad either uh, with uh, Hampus Lindholm. Oh, I think we have ourselves a Colorado goal, and it's Mr. JT Confirm. Coming straight out of Confirm. One of our goal props has just hit plus 300. There we go. Nice, very good to see that. And you, you know, you made a great point too about you saying with Carlson, you know, the fact that he's getting looks and chances to score. You know, we talk about things going waves in hockey, and it seems like, and I've been saying this for years, even with the shootout. If you've seen some of these shootouts lately, you've seen some very uninspiring, uncreative moves. I'm like, why don't you guys just go on and just just utilize the old slap shot? You know, we we you know we've gotten so used goalies have I feel like goalies have gotten so used to seeing wrist shots and snapshots, just a, a giant clapper from the point sometimes might throw a goalie off every now and then, you know, just right. mix it in a little bit. You know? Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they, they look just as bad and horrendous in their own end Columbus as they did in that blowout loss to Jersey right before they made the trip to a year was seven, one that game was. Yeah. I mean, they've got problems right now defensively. You know what? I feel bad for Brad Larson. I mean, he does have to take the blame. Obviously he's the head coach, but ever since he's been the head coach of the jackets, this has been a precipitous drop in this team's ability to defend which is something that when Torts was there, you know, that was something that was a hallmark of Columbus hockey. And it has yeah. just been a precipitous fall in this team in their own zone. I mean, it's a disaster. But that's, mean, not the, that's not the and, biggest problem, though. Their biggest problem is that they don't have the offense to match up with it. You know, I thought they were going to be a team that just kind of rolled out the puck every night. And, yeah, we'll give up five, but we can get six or seven with the talent they have up top. And that hasn't been the case. They were 0 for 24 now in the power play this year. So yeah. that, that that's problematic. No, I mean, that's problematic, too, because they needed that offense, Alex, to be great. All right? They needed to be able to score goals. Definitely. They needed to be able to put the puck in the net because they weren't going to be able to defend. Well, Everybody yeah. knew, knows this is a below-average defensive team. And I feel bad, too, for – and the goaltending, like, it's got to be said, and I feel bad for this kid. He's gone through a lot. I really think – and, Alex, you've mentioned this before on the show – the passing of Matisse Kivlenix, all right? His good mm-hmm. friend, his mm-hmm. fellow countrymate from Latvia, I think it's really shaken him up a little bit, Elvis Merzlikens. And I think it's impacted maybe him a little mentally uh, at the moment. And because he he had some moments where he was playing pretty well uh, in that. But we have, didn't see it down the stretch last year, and we haven't seen it at all this year from him. He's yeah. really been fighting the puck, and you wonder if he's still fully gotten over that. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought. I thought we were going to see a bounce back year from him because he had that four year, you know, kind of gave him a mulligan for, for what we saw last last season. It's un- understandable completely. But like I said, now, you know, he's his struggles, it, you know, it, it seems to be something else. Because like I said, it's not so much fundamentals. His, his fundamentals mechanics look good when you watch him play. But like I said, the fact that he doesn't have that strong blue line in front of him. And now, you know, like I said, the goals that he, are, that he is letting in, the pucks that he would have been stopping in two or three seasons ago. So that's something you have to wonder about. Yeah, no question about that. I, and you can tell Jimmy Murphy is back on the ice, guys. I'm hearing the dings from his phone. I got to bust out the John Tortorella line from the playoffs 10 years ago. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I missed hearing that ding, actually. so Speaking of, guys, what about what about Torts, eh? Yeah. Yeah. 
better than expected, although they've cooled off a little this week, back-to-back losses to the Rangers and the Leafs. But overall, I didn't expect them to be a 500 team at at this point. What about his jab there? Uh, Was it yesterday, the day before, after uh, the Matthews incident? And he goes, oh, whatever, let him do it. It's his last year there anyways. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know something we don't? You know, I, you know, I said, you know, I said that at the end of last year of the playoffs, I said if, if you know things don't go well in Toronto, that he might, you know, might jump sooner than later. I said the same thing about McDavid. If, although Edmonton looks looks really good right now, you know, <laughs> superstars, you know, they got to win at some point. All that pressure on them and the pressure of Toronto and Edmonton in those cities. We talked about it with Jack Campbell, how you know he just went from one pressure situation to another, and it seems to be affecting him a little bit. Yeah, 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 no question uh, about that. The uh, I'll tell you what, the Leafs, uh, I mean, the Leaf fans finally, we talked about this yesterday after the win against the Flyers. Okay, it was the Flyers, but they needed something good to happen. That was a disaster of a road trip for them in California. The Vultures are already circling around Dubas and Keefe, for better or worse. That's just the way it is. I mean, he's already gotten questions at the end of that road trip. You're worried about you you playing for your job. You know, they're already asking him that about Keefe. But it was a nice win, much needed. Tavares was great. I think it was one of his best games against uh, in as a Leaf captain. No question about that, the way he played against Philly. But let's... Let's see the let's see how you do against Boston. All right, this ten and one Bruins team that's rip roaring right now. Let's see how you do against them on Saturday night before we're ready to say, hey, things are all good in Leafland. Yeah, and but you know that's great. It's a great point. I mean that if they if they don't come through there, but if they do, that might be just what the doctor ordered, right? I mean that yeah. that could be the thing that puts them back the other way. That the confidence booster they need uh, to beat a team like the Bruins, and you know sooner or later the Bruins are going to come back to earth. It's just the way it is. It's human nature, but uh, you know, the Toronto fans, they're hoping it's tomorrow night, but that that's going to be a very interesting game. I, I think it's obviously just like we're saying, it's a much bigger game right now for Toronto than it is for the Bruins. If the Bruins lose big deal. So you're 10 and two, whoop dee dee. You go home, you rest for a little, you get, you got some of your guys might come back next week. Um, so this is an interesting, uh, interesting moment for the Toronto Maple Leafs going forward. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, briefly about last night, and then we'll talk about Buffalo and Carolina, uh, the one game tonight on the uh, NHL board. But br- briefly about last night, I mean, it was a pond hockey game again for the Anaheim Ducks last night. I want to bring up that game specifically, 8-5. to five. I mean, this talk about Columbus. They're the Columbus of the West right now, Anaheim. Can't keep pucks out of their own net. Uh, it becomes an issue. John Gibson, again, gives up a lot of goals. It's not been the bounce back I was kind of hoping he'd have. Uh, in that, but they're they've been bad in, in front of them, and that to me is kind of disappointing because you added Klingberg, you know, you have Cam Fowler, you have Shattenkirk, you've got some nice defensemen back there. Although they are going to miss Drysdale, all right, they are going to miss that guy, and you already see without Jamie Drysdale uh, what there might be like on that blue line, uh, and it's unfortunate because they've got the firepower, you know, with Strom and Vetrano, two former Rangers that they brought in in the offseason with Terry and Zegras and Adam Henrique. And there's definitely Comtois, who's been very good lately. I mean, there's an ability to put the puck in the net. Very skilled team, but can't keep the puck out of their own net. Is Dallas Aikens now seat warming up? Are we at that stage with him now, uh, with uh, the way things have gone with uh, Anaheim? And then on the flip side, a team that's roaring right now uh, after a, a start where they had two miserable games to start the season, and they win last night with an incredible comeback against Edmonton uh, in the third period. The New Jersey Devils are now 8-3. and three. How about that? How about the turnaround? Because they were 0-2 to begin the year. They lost a bad – there was a horrible first home game of the year for them. I remember it. 
against the Detroit Red Wings. They lost 5-2. to two. They were piss poor in that game. They started 0-2 after that loss. In the building, they're chanting, Fire Lindy, as in Lindy Ruff, during that game. And since then, they have been almost unbeatable. And they've turned it around. They've gone from 0-2 to 8-3. and three. Uh, the, the skill and the speed and the four lines of offense that they have right now are something else. If you actually look, Jimmy, at their defensive metrics and defensive statistics, they're actually a top five defensive team right yeah. now. New Jersey. I mean, it's stunning. If they can get a lick of goaltending from the inconsistent injury-riddled Blackwood, and more specifically Vanacek, who I think has been very good for New Jersey, wow, we maybe we have something here. Jimmy, what do you think of this Devils team? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm regretting it. I was really uh, interested in taking them last night. Just really liked this. You know what? Why not? And then I just got caught up writing after the Bruins game, forgot to throw it in. Um, but they, they've impressed me, man. And that's a great point by you. Not only are they consistently out shooting teams, I mean, really out shooting them, um, they're limiting shots against. Uh, and that's what's been big. I mean, you mentioned it there. I mean, we knew coming in, their Achilles heel was their goaltending. Uh, and the goaltending has been good, not great. They were, it's gone through some rough patches as well, but it's been the system that they're buying into all of a sudden in front of those goalies that's really leading to their success right now. And you mentioned they're, they're all saying fire rough, fire rough. Well, a lot of this is on rough, man. I mean, they, they've changed. He's adapted. Whatever whatever he saw after those first few games when they were sucking, uh, he made some tweaks there, and they're working. So I, th- I think he deserves a ton of credit for this. Well, of course you have to, and, and no question. And he didn't flinch. You know, it's not like a situation where he got worried and you know petrified at the fans what they were chanting during that game. He said, "I'm going to keep doing my job, coming to work, and we're going to try to turn this around after the first two games and turn it around." They have. I mean, yeah. it's been an incredible run. Yes, I mean, Brad, yeah, yeah, Jesper Bratt, and I said this about Jesper Bratt, Jimmy, on the show yesterday. When he gets on a streak. You ride it because he's a streaky player. I mean, early in the season, he was in the tank a little bit this year. Last year, he'd go through some cold streaks. But when he's on a hot streak, it's hot. It's piping hot. Yeah. You know, it's scalding hot. You know, he can go on an eight, nine game stretch where he's got like 12 points and like eight or nine goals. That's yeah. what he can do. Uh, and we're seeing that he's in that kind of zone right now uh, for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, no question about that. Um, uh, so so uh, quickly, other games from uh, last night. Then we'll go to uh, tonight's game. Uh, Buffalo, Carolina, it's just the only game, believe it or not, on the uh, board. Uh, results worth uh, talking about. Uh, Terry Edelman's Minnesota Wild. I don't know where they went to last night. They got shut out uh, by the uh, Seattle Kraken for uh, nothing. The Blues, uh, tailspin continues, 5-2. Another bad loss uh, at home. I mean, that's three bad performances in a row, all on home ice against uh, Montreal L.A., they get buried, and then again by the Islanders last night. I mean, they're saying, we got to show up, we got to show up, we got to show up, and all it's been is word speak right now from Ryan O'Reilly and a bunch of the Blues. We have not seen them uh, show up and respond and get back on track. So worries there, and they've they've fallen all the way to last in the Central right now, uh, the St. Louis Blues with this skid that they are on. Alex, uh, you can talk about the Minnesota situation because you had a great – thought and opinion on this on Twitter that it felt like the XL Energy Center last night was dead. It was like a church in there. And Minnesota, which has thrived on home ice in past seasons, all of a sudden this year, they've actually been better away from XL than they've been on home ice. 
Yeah, we have to call it the XL Center. We can't use energy right now for the moment because there's none of that there. It was absolutely <laughs> dead silent for most of the game. The The team just wasn't – and that's the thing. It's the, you, know, you can't expect the fans to just sit there if the game's not interesting. And, you know, they, they're going to just get bored like anything, anybody else. So the team's got to come out with energy. They didn't. Uh, they made Martin Jones once again look like Barty Brodeur. It's just in, in fascinating how all of a sudden he's getting into a rhythm. We've seen him turn in three out of four – more above quality stars getting a shutout uh in this one but the wild just haven't played well at home that's something we haven't been able to say about them almost in their entire history to be honest they've always been a better home team than road team but some years better than others uh but this year and like i said you know we looked at flurry splits how how bad they were home and road but it's really just the whole team uh and, and it, it's it's hard to explain the building's packed every night they're right back to where they were you know pre-pandemic as far as that goes but they just haven't had the energy and and uh, speed at home that they had on the road. And at road, we've seen them play a more disciplined defensive style of hockey, which most teams tend to do that. But that open ice and, and, and clean passing that we've seen from their offense as early as the beginning of the year and, and all of last season, it has been there uh, certainly in the last couple of games. Yeah, it's it's an excellent point. Everyone's going to have a bad game, but you're right. That was just a, a team that going that was very lethargic on the ice, and it went back to the crowd off the ice as well. And uh, no doubt about that. That, that won't be a goal, uh, by the way, in this Colorado Columbus game. There's basically Roslovic pushed the pads of uh, Georgiev, and then the puck went in the net. So that's definitely not going to count. So it's still a two nothing uh, Colorado. Uh, before we get to the Friday night game, Buffalo, Carolina, Jimmy, any other teams, uh, things you want to discuss things that have stuck out to you here in the first month? Well, you know, look around right now. I mean, I think we pretty much covered it there. I think, but one team is, you know, I don't want to jump the gun. We'll get to it in a second is the Buffalo Sabres. So I'll definitely give you my take on them in a bit. But other than that, I think one team I'm really been interested in watching. I, I just, I don't know if they're taking they haven't been bad by any means, but I don't know if they're all of a sudden they like the like the Lightning did at the year that they lost to the Blue Jackets. That they're like eh, the regular season, we just got to tread water and make it to the playoffs, and we'll turn it on. And that's the Florida Panthers. I, I I feel like right now there's sort of that mentality there, and at times it is coming back to to bite them a bit. Um, I think they could be better. And I want to see better from them if they want to be a legit Stanley Cup contender. So that's one of the things, too. Uh, And the New York Rangers, I I was very stunned at that game last night. Um, I thought the Rangers kind of folded uh, against the Bruins. They really just succumbed to the Bruins' will. And, uh, you know, they're going to need to fix that fast because I think the Rangers, I mean, I picked them to go to the final because I think they have the tools to make it there uh, and, and even win the Stanley Cup. I was very impressed with their run last year. And, uh, I think they've got it, but I think there's something off mentally there too right now. So I'll be keeping an eye on them as well. Yeah, that was. I mean, that game just fell apart and crumbled uh, for the New York Rangers. Now they're playing obviously a red-hot Boston team, but you don't expect uh, those kind of mistakes. Uh, you don't expect one of those goals to go in on Shesterkin the way it did, uh, yeah. in particular the Posternock goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there's some there's some issues right now with the Rangers, and uh, I think they'll be fine. I think and I think as we get later into the season, they'll go on a big run. Keep in mind, there's a team that went to the East final last year, and sometimes these teams that make the deep uh, playoff run. I don't. I just don't know how Columbus sco- didn't score there a second ago. Uh, the puck was lying on the goal line, but uh, they're snake bit right there. Yeah. Everything but score on that power play. And Ian, I got to mention one more thing from last night, and Jimmy, I want to get your take kind of lead in with this too, but 
somebody in the chat asked if I'm voting for Arvid Soderblom for Vesna, and my answer is no. And the Chicago media really needs to calm down because last night they went nuts saying that he might be the future okay. of, of, the, of the Hawks and net. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did we forget about Drew Camesso? You couldn't wait to get this out? fucking guy out of town last year. Now all of a sudden a couple nice, decent little games and where he's yeah, a Vesna candidate? Come on. His mechanics are awful. And Let's he, get serious. Yeah. He, found, he, he was a, a blind squirrel finding a nut last night with that win. The Hawks continue to win when they're not supposed to. Uh, Jimmy, what's your take on, on, on the Hawks so far and this magical run that they're having? It's crazy. A great mindset. Like, that's actually, I was going to mention that team. Um, I've been impressed with them a couple times. I like, I like the, they've got a lot more resilience. They've got a, a lot more purpose to their play out there than they did last year. Uh, and I think that's a credit to the coach. Uh, I yeah. think Richardson's doing a great job with those kids. Uh, he's the perfect fit, I think, for what they're trying to do right now. Well, we, we don't exactly know what they're trying to do, but <laughs> at least right. to help these young kids along that are there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I give them credit. But yeah, yeah. Let's pump the brakes there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little too early to be given Vesna trophies to uh, Arvid uh, Soderblom. Uh, no yeah, question. Sure. Uh, but plus, I thought the Kings were kind of, I'll be honest, I'll call it like I see it dog shit last night. They were. Uh, they, I don't yeah. think they were. They, they were dragging ass for most of that game. They got the shots off, but yeah. they weren't quality. Yeah. They weren't. They, they weren't going to those. T- you know, you can tell when you're getting a shot on goal and when you're getting a real quality scoring chance. And they had more shots on goal with very little uh, danger. Uh, and a lot of a lot of those uh, shots that they f- uh, fired at the net were easy for uh, Soderblom uh, to uh, handle. Uh, great stuff. We had to do a little run around the league here for these 40 minutes with Jimmy because this is the first time we've been able to chat uh, NHL with him. But we're hoping to have Jimmy with us Fridays moving forward here uh, on uh, the Ice Guys show, which is a good day for him to be on because it's always a lighter card. Uh, on Fridays, uh, and we'll be able to do more NHL-based discussion like this. So with that in mind, though, we do have one game left uh, on this Friday card. We've got, obviously, the matinee affair with the Jackets and the Avs already underway in Finland. And tonight, ESPN Plus, we have Buffalo and Carolina. Uh, The Hurricanes, minus 200 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes with a 4-3 win uh, in a shootout last night over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That was a very uh, entertaining hockey game. Uh, between the uh, Lightning and the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. Uh, that is now three straight games, by the way. Alex, the draw king, uh, salute to him, liking the draw last night with Tampa and uh, Carolina. He also liked it with Montreal and Winnipeg, uh, and that also got there last night as well. So a couple of nice draw uh, recommendations on the show from Alex yesterday. And that's now three straight games beyond regulation. Uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, the Philly game, the Washington game, and of course last night's Tampa Bay game, uh, all go to a overtime or a shootout. Both of my Carolina prop betting warriors got it done for me last night. They both scored: Seth Jarvis, Marty Natchez uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in the uh, victory uh, last night over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. But now a little tricky spot, right, for Carolina as they play. Uh, a back-to-back here after being in Tampa last night. The travel's not huge, but certainly Buffalo gets to uh, have the day off. Uh, Buffalo playing some very good hockey. They are 6-2 and two in their last eight games. They really could be 8-0 and oh because you factor in, guys, that the two losses were brutal spots. Mm. You played Seattle at the end of that long, successful road trip. You had already beaten Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver consecutively. You're dragging ass a little bit. You're at the end of that road trip. And they were flat against Seattle, 5-1. The schedule makers do not do the Sabres a solid. They have to play less than 48 hours later back home in Buffalo after traveling from Seattle to play Montreal. 
and they really didn't have it that night either. Again, a tough spot. But you get away from those two bad spot games, as I like to call them, and Buffalo's been winning every other game pretty much. Beat Chicago, beat Pittsburgh, beat Detroit at 8-3, to the big six-point hat-trick night for Tage Thompson, who is quickly uh, becoming, uh, I think, a star in this league with the trajectory. I mean, he is a load to handle. He's a big guy who can skate incredibly well for a man of his stature. And he's got great hands. You see the little backhand, forehand, deke moves to, to score that hat-trick goal against Detroit uh, early this week. It was a thing of beauty. I mean, he's playing great. Skinner on that top line. You know, that's two years in a row. He's been solid. Um, this is a Buffalo team that is just firing on offense right now. They're never out of any game. They come back to beat Pittsburgh the other night. This is a tough spot for Carolina because, look, Buffalo is going to be moving their feet. I mean, they play with good pace. They've got Carolina coming back home from the Tampa game on a back-to-back. This is a spot, I think, for Buffalo to pounce maybe on this Carolina team here. And I think they're still an undervalued hockey team at this point in time. Like, they opened as high as plus 180 in this game. And you can still get plus 170 with the Sabres. I like Buffalo here in this game, plus 170. And I'm going to do the split here with Buffalo plus 170 money line and the team total over two and a half, which is right around minus 130. Uh, I like both of those here in this game tonight. I think the six and a half could go over as well. Craig Anderson, not Eric Comrie, uh, has been confirmed in net tonight for the uh, Sabres. But I will say this, Anderson's been pretty solid for the most part this year. Three and oh in his three starts, a 1.67 goals against average and a 946 save percentage. What is this? 20? This is a Craig Anderson that it says on his, uh, that he's 41. He's playing like he's 31 to start this year. He's been really good three and oh, and those numbers can't be much better than that. 1.46 goals against and 947 save percentage for Craig Anderson. So it has been impressive to witness. So I like Buffalo here. I'm going to split it with the team total over and the money line. Smaller lean toward the over. And I'll, I'll get to some goal score props for this game. And I got a bunch after, but we'll take it to Alex first with this one, Buffalo, Carolina. Yeah, I, I grabbed plus 180 yesterday. Just kind of a gut feeling that I thought this Carolina – uh, the Carolina-Tampa game last night was going to be a tough battle because I like that going to overtime, and it did. Now you go to overtime, went to a shootout, and a quite a lengthy shootout as well. So sometimes that, you know, extra, I don't know, 20 minutes can kind of, you know, wear just a little bit more. It's just, you know, a little bit longer time. And against the rival, too, Carolina and, and Tampa, those are two teams that do not like each other one bit, and, and you can kind of see that uh, in, in their battle. So to now have to come back home, take on a Buffalo team that, you know, has that momentum from the comeback win against Pittsburgh. Also, keep in mind, this is uh, the mother's trip. We saw them in the crowd. They showed them often during the, the TNT broadcast. So, you know, now they're all traveling, you know, spending time in, in Raleigh, you know, getting acclimated. We have seen teams. It's not uh, a surefire bet on or bet against situation, but we have seen teams play well when the mothers and fathers trips are there uh, and guys seeing their family. Keep in mind, too, in the first full season post-pandemic, a lot of people have not seen their family members or relatives. So those are just little, little intangible things to kind of think about. I think this is a good spot here for Buffalo. I think it's a bit of a of an overpriced spot for Carolina. So I took a shot here, uh, plus 180, but I still like it at 170. And I also took a shot with Tage Thompson, over a half in power play points at plus 260. Uh, you know, like I said, he's been lights out right now, but, you know, getting some extra value with him. And I talk about that with the top, top tier players. Rather than go plus 160 or plus 180 for a goal, go with something like one and a half points and, and, and get, you know, some extra value right. or, or power play points in this situation. He's a key power play guy over a half so all he needs is an assist or a goal and that's plus 260 uh in your pocket 
there you go. And a good price with that, absolutely. And the power play uh, has been very good, obviously, so far this season as well for the Sabres. So it's been uh, a great start to the year, uh, Alex Lake in Buffalo and also the, that Tage Thompson prop. And I want to mention this, not only situationally is it better for Buffalo, they're rested, they're starting a road trip. It's the mother's trip this weekend. Uh, I think they're in Tampa uh, tomorrow night and the mothers are with them on this trip. They also did a Sabres road crew tour stop they do the Sabres road crew where they invite a bunch of Sabre fans uh, to a certain out of town where they're, where they're, where they're about to play. And they did one in Raleigh last night, an event, a Sabres road crew. It's a bunch of fans traveling down for that event and the game tonight uh, in Carolina. And they basically have a bunch of Sabres alumni for the uh, road crew event last night. They had Rick Jennerette there. They had Danny Gare, uh, JP Dumont there, uh, Rhett Warner, uh, Jason Daw. Uh, Dawson, as Rick Jennerette would always say when he scored a goal uh, back in the day. A bunch of Sabres alumni there at the event, including RJ. I mean, and so you talk about a building tonight in Carolina where I think there's going to be a shit ton of Sabre fans. I think there will. Uh, absolutely. Especially with that tour stop being in Raleigh last night. And then, you know, in, in Raleigh, you know, they actually tailgate for the games there because they always yeah. have nice weather. So you got a bunch of Buffalo fans coming down there. I wonder how many broken tables are in that parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, was he? Was that true? Your brother Nick Tim was at the road event there for the Sabers, was he? Oh, okay. Wow. Nice. Well, of course, you guys are in that area, so yeah, good spot. I would expect yeah. him. He should be there. If he's the so-called big-time Saber fan, I expect right. he says he is. <laughs> Dan Wall should be at that event, especially when it's so close to where he is. No, no doubt about that. So I think it'll be a good turnout of Saber fans yeah. uh, tonight uh, for that game in uh, Carolina. And we do have to talk about the Carolina side of this. You know, they have won three in a row, but none of them have been easy. They've been nope. squeaking by. They barely beat Philly. They barely beat a struggling Washington team. Uh, they needed a shootout to beat Tampa Bay. Remember, they lost a, a, a home game to the Islanders, I believe, last Friday night. They played a home game against the Islanders. They lost 6-2. to two. So it's not like Carolina has been this unbeatable team, you know, here early in the season. Jimmy, uh, what do you think here, Buffalo, Carolina? Yeah, I'm I'm all over the. I'm gonna actually take it a step further in one for you guys. A, a Jimmy Murphy reverse puck line coming out. All you. right, give me the puck. Those line. too. Yep, yeah. that's 380. I'm looking at right here, guys. Oh, nice. Reverse puck line. So I think this is a great spot for them. Good situational bet here on the Sabers, and I love that one that uh, Alex. I'll do that same prop that Alex did on Tage Thompson. I'll also take Tage Thompson to score a goal, which you can still get some pretty good value at. Surprisingly, another guy that. You know, they're starting to catch on a little, but they still haven't caught on fully as to how good this kid is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. He's been absolutely splendid here to begin the uh, season. I actually can get you even plus 330 with a Buffalo minus one and a half uh, in some yeah. spots. So really good price on that. As far as props go for me in this game, I'll list. I mean, it's basically the same kind of uh, you know, stuff I've talked about with Buffalo. I'm looking for the bargain bin. Tuck is on a roll right now, plus 250. Quinn and Paterka for Buffalo, plus 500. They haven't always scored every game, but they're getting chances every game. And at plus 500, you know, with J Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, worth a look. Middle stats starting to shoot the puck a lot more. His expected goals numbers have gone up since he's been on that second-line center spot, so I took a shot there, plus 450. Cousins and Darlene, uh, plus 425 are not a bad consideration as well uh, for goal props in this game. And the one I'm absolutely coming back to the well with after getting an empty net goal for me against Pittsburgh, Kyle Ocposo on that top line, plus 450. Once again, not priced like a guy playing on the top line uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres with Skinner and Thompson. So uh, Ocposo at plus 450 
Uh, we're getting right back on the uh, Kyle Ocposo, uh train with those props. And he, there are a couple on Carolina. I like Jarvis and Natchez are plus 240. Brent Burns at plus 425 is, again, worth a shot. He actually almost scored last night uh, against Tampa Bay, but he's shooting the puck a ton. We're talking four, five, six, seven shots on goal for Brent Burns in a lot of these games from the blue line. And he, he's plus 425 to score a goal. And I'm going to go way down the bargain bin on this one, too. Guy we mentioned, a guy that was a big producer in the playoffs in the AHL last year, uh, and Alex saw him a lot for the Wolves, is Stefan Nason. He is plus 425 to score tonight. He is playing down the lineup, but he's getting chances, and he is getting shots. You're going to be shocked when you hear this because he's like been on the third and the fourth line since he's been up with Carolina. Do you know that in the last two games, Washington and Tampa, he had six shots on goal against Washington, and he scored in that game, and he had four last night uh, against Tampa Bay. Didn't score last night, but he had the shots. He was getting the opportunities, so a little bargain bin there. Stefan Nason at plus 425. Yeah, he's a good player, and he's definitely going to be a guy who I think is going to get probably get some power play looks a little bit more. Might even move up to that second line if, if some of those other guys get offensive talent. No question. So I think there's definitely some value on him uh, as well. That should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Sabres and Hurricanes. It's the only game on the on the night in the NHL, so you got to look forward to it. But it actually is a very good, intriguing uh, hockey game. With the uh, Hurricanes, have been good for years against this up and coming red hot Sabres team right now. Uh, great stuff, man. Has it been great to have our friend Jimmy Murphy back? Yeah. We missed him. Uh, we're going to try to get him on every Friday moving forward here uh, on the Ice Guys. Uh, Jimmy, talk about – and it, by the way, we mentioned this too. It's great that the Ice Guys is with National Hockey now. Uh, it's been a nice partnership. Uh, been a great to work with Dan. And Joe has been awesome, you know, behind yeah. the scenes uh, yeah. with the podcast stuff uh, so far the first month. Uh, the downloads are already popping. We're at over 11,000 downloads this month that we haven't even gotten through a full month of the season. So it's been a great start here at National Hockey Now. And it's, we're both under the same umbrella now, my friend, Jimmy. National yeah. Hockey Now. Teammates again. Teammates again. Yeah. Good to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And uh, talk about talk about your site. It'll pump up your work a little bit, Jimmy. Yeah, Boston I mean, Hockey yeah. Now. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I'm, I'm, more, I'm back full time with Boston now after helping Montreal get back on the ground off the ground. I mean, um, and they're, they're doing phenomenal Montreal hockey. Now is now, uh, if you go to Google, we're usually the first ones to pop up if you type in Montreal Canadian. So we are the top of the Google rankings and the Bruins, uh, same thing with Boston hockey now. Uh, so it's going great. It's a, it's, it's fun to be part of this company as it grows. Uh, you know, when those aren't the only sites, I mean, we've got some great writers we got Paul Famer, Kevin Allen out in Detroit, uh, you know, Adrian Dater in Colorado. Yeah, George uh, Richards does great in Florida. Florida. Um, and so there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. We just uh, we just launched Dallas and we launched LA on Wednesday. Um, so a lot of good things going on, and it's it's fun to be part of. It is. It's great to be when you're with with a group that's they're growing, they're building something. It's always fun and it's always exciting. So check out all the great sites like this. I, I rhymed them all off yesterday, actually, on the show. And Shang with San Jose. I mean, it's countless. Uh, Adrian Dater, Colorado. I mean, there's tons of great sites. And, and it's guys that are following these teams day and night. And they give you great little tidbits and info with the articles and insights that you're yeah. not going to get, you know, in very uh, many, uh, if any other places. So right. definitely worth uh, checking the all, all the team sites at nationalhockeynow.com. Yeah. It's going great. Well, it's good to have you guys on board as well. 
It absolutely is. And again, Jimmy Murphy, we're going to make him a weekly fixture, uh, at least attempt to here every Friday moving forward here on the Ice Guys show. And reminder, patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Make sure you check out all the bonus content we have there, just uh, $10 a month at patreon.com slash Ice Guys. All right, we got best bets to wrap up this edition of the show. Let's start with you, Jimmy. Uh, Back with us here today for the first time this season. What do you like for best bet? Even with the Jimmy reverse puck line there, Buffalo Sabres minus one and a half. There it is at plus 330 with that minus one and a half Buffalo Sabres. A Jimmy Puck line. It wouldn't be Jimmy's return to the ice guys with a, a Jimmy Puck line. Best bet. Right. <laughs> uh, get things rocking and rolling. Alex, uh, best bet. I'm going with that Tage Thompson half a point over uh, for a power play points in the game at plus 260. That's great value for a guy who has been absolutely red hot 11 points in three games. Uh, I think he'll be able to get something going with the man advantage. So we go Tage Thompson uh, over a half point plus 260. There you go. Tage Thompson over a half point power play point for tonight for the Buffalo Sabres for Alex P. Smith with his best bet. And my best bet is going to be we're just going to go with the money line. We're just going to go Buffalo here. Plus 170 uh, is what you can find upwards actually a plus 178, believe it or not, in some spots here tonight as well. Uh, I think it's a very live dog with a red hot team. The rest advantage. I think more Sabre fans in Carolina than you'll normally get based on the fact they had the big Sabre alumni event yesterday uh, in Raleigh. So a great spot, Red Hot Sabres team. I cashed with the best bet winner with Buffalo on Wednesday night against Pittsburgh in their comeback win. We'll see if we can hit another Sabres best bet winner tonight with Buffalo, plus 170 uh, against Carolina for my best bet for this Friday show. And that's a wrap. Alex and I will be back tomorrow, just the two of us tomorrow, uh, noon Eastern, uh, with a loaded Saturday show. Obviously, it is a huge card we've got tomorrow uh, in the NHL. I'm counting it up right now. I believe 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games uh, on tap tomorrow, including another uh, Finland matinee uh, between uh, Columbus and uh, and Colorado. So uh, we will cover it each and every game on the massive Saturday card, noon Eastern tomorrow. Uh, make sure you join us uh, for that. Somebody there. Is asking, final words from you before we wrap it up. In the chat room, somebody was asking for best play for me for tomorrow. Well, I'll, I'll give it to you now. Give me the, uh, the golden Knights in regulation uh, in Montreal over the Canadians. There you go. Vegas in regulation, the red hot golden Knights who didn't, you know what, you know, what's a mark of a good team, by the way, they didn't play anywhere close to their best last night against Ottawa, and they still found a way. Yeah. Yep, still found a way. And Jack See, Eichel's percolating. Rip it up, they're going to be all right. <laughs> exactly. so Vegas in regulation. and that, you know, By the way, that's the real reason why Jimmy wanted to get Montreal hockey now back up and running. He just wanted to go to Montreal. That's why yeah. <laughs> just reasons to go there. The Montreal flu. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he just wanted another boat of uh, Montreal flu experience and see all his friends that he's hey, developed there. Speaking of the guys, I mean, I know you know, and I, I saw some of the listeners. Thank you for uh, you know your your concern. I am doing much better than I was about a month ago. Yeah. Um, that's where I caught COVID. I was at a party uh, for TSN six ninety in Montreal. They had a big anniversary party. They invited me up for, and uh, twenty seven people from that party ended oh, up with COVID. Man. So wow. it, was a, it was a super spreader, so to speak. But man, did it whip me. That was a lot worse than the first time. But, uh, you know, every, everything's good now. But yeah, it was uh, not fun. So I, I got a little more than the Montreal flu this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least better now. Thankfully, you're doing because I know it was rough. You were saying it was not, it was knocking the shit yeah, out of me for yeah, a bit there. I, I ended up in the ER once at the yeah. tournament. So it was, it was not fun. But, uh, 
it, the, the, you know, quickly, funny story, I'll make it real quick. But so that party was on a Thursday and I, I knew I was going to go out and rip it up with the guy. I hadn't seen people I haven't seen in like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Got to catch up with good old PJ stock. That was fun. Um, but, you know, I knew I was going to have a good time. So I said, yeah, I'm going to get a get a hotel room, stay an extra day, but not tell anybody. Uh, and that way, just coop up in the room, eat some poutine, nurse my hangover and uh, and get a good night's rest before I drove. And then I was supposed to go straight from Montreal to New York City to go see Pearl Jam on 9-11. That right. Sunday. Oh, yeah. um, and so when I, you know, I figured, OK, Friday, I'm feeling sick, but I know why. It's because I had a good time last night. But it got worse through the night. I mean, I was having trouble breathing and I couldn't sleep much. And then I was really hurting in the morning. So I'm like, well, this ride is going to suck. And now I don't even know if I'm going to go. I go, you know what? I'm going to go home to New York, home to Massachusetts, stay there, try to get some energy and see how I feel on Sunday. I get to the border and didn't remember that, yeah, it's 9-11. And they're basically checking every other car. Okay. Right. And so wow. they put the dogs out and everything, you know, I mean, you know, they probably tipped off that there could be potential threats or whatever. Um, but I'm just sitting there, you know, and I'm, it's not phasing me, but I, I forget. And, you know, I don't know how everybody feels about smoking marijuana, but uh, <laughs> I, I forgot that I had a, uh, a roach in my um, backpack from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a half an edible. And uh, so I'm, I'm sitting there about 10 cars deep and I'm already feeling like shit, you know, and I'm like, I, I'm kind of, I think I'm coming. I felt like maybe I was coming down with COVID. I'm like, just get me through her. I just want to get home. Don't let me get searched. And the guy comes by with the dog and man, did that canine jump up on my hood and start dancing around barking. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go over there, sir. Um, and, and then they come up and they asked me and they said, Hey, listen, do you, are you carrying marijuana? We're not, if you want to tell us, we're not going to arrest you. We're not going to you know, take it from you and that's it. You'll go on your way. And I said, honestly, I don't know. I know that I'm going to tell you flat out. I was having a good time last night and smoked a joint. So maybe the smell is still on my clothes. I don't think I have any on me. I, I honestly don't know. And yeah. uh, so they go, all right, well, they bring you to a room. He says, I'm sitting here for like an hour and a half. And the guy yeah. comes in and he says to me, uh, I thought you didn't you didn't have anything. And, and I, I said, I didn't know. Did didn't I not? Yeah. I, I don't know means I don't know. It means I'm not saying yes. It means I'm not, <laughs> not saying know. no. It means I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, so what's this? And I go, well, there you go. I told you. I, I forgot about it. I had a time. <laughs> clearly, it's in my pocket. It's not like I was trying to smuggle it. I'd do If I was trying to smuggle stuff, I'd do a better job than that. Right. Don't get wise to me and all this. And so they ended up finding me 500 bucks. And then I got home and Oof. found out I had COVID. So not a good day. Wow. That was <laughs> did you still have the edible? Did you still have fine and sick. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you still find the half of the edible or? No, they they, they grabbed it all. Oh, yeah. they did. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you, I could have used that edible when I uh, got out of there. Yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your Murphy's Law story of the year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. But good times, but I'm I'm fine now, and it's good to see you guys. Yeah, no, it is, it, and it's great that you're feeling better, that you look better, you sound better, and everything, you and you're feeling better because you're right. Yeah. It was tough. To, it was tough for you for a little bit there, but yeah. uh, you, you look great. You're doing great, and we're great. Great to have Jimmy back with us. Hopefully, every Friday moving forward on this week. show. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody enjoy the hockey. No question yeah. about that. We're looking forward to having Jimmy with us every Friday. That's a wrap for this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great uh, Friday night. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the game. Uh, and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday, noon Eastern. Massive Saturday card. And we'll break it down for you right here on the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 